can't believe I'm listening. So like, t- <laughs> my cousin like helps get me out. The guy like helps get me to the other side. So I had my, but my clothes were soaked. So like I had to ride like we had like a two and a half hour drive home. I'm sitting there and only my underwear, pissed. Don't have my car. Nicotine buzz from hell. So you had to leave your car there. Yeah, for like three days until it went down. Dude called me when it went down and like I had to go out there and get it. But straight flash flooded. I got a client's house two hour, two and a half hours away. That's one. We're live. Connor doesn't believe in COVID. Connor, Mar- oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm Starting really kidding. Off with that. Yeah, that's horrible. Uh, anybody that's been negatively affected though by COVID, my condolences. Anybody that you've known that has, that has passed away or uh, really experienced some some negative things with COVID, uh, please for, forgive me, but and forgive Connor for not believing in it, and <sighs> forgive Mike Russin. <laughs> Because he will alpha you. Oh my I love God. him, dude. I love his story. Like, is my boosted test every day. Yeah. When I get a testosterone boost. It's like go waking to, up and looking at Russ's story. Yeah. For just, sure. Just an axe at 4 a.m. And he's yeah. chopping, chopping away at the day. Chopping well, liver. The man. The man, bro. He's a man. So real quick, Connor Markins is on Adversity Kings today. Let's go, Let's dude. Let's go. So how you been? Good. Busy. Busy? On the move, yep. So you're down in Memphis. Yep. Tennessee. <laughs> As Key James and Steve would say, <laughs> yep, Tennessee, <laughs> Tennessee, baby. That's right. That's great. So, let's tell a little bit about you as we kind of dive into this. You know, a majority of my podcast episodes have been uh, with individuals within the company, but I like it to be kind of laid back. You've listened to some episodes. You know, it's kind of nonchalant, but I kind of, you know, pull out your story and just get get some. Uh, opinions and facts and success tips and just kind of pull pull life pull pull life out of you uh from your perspective and share it with the world for whoever wants to hear it you know in our case sometimes it's just our our moms <laughs> that listen in but let's do it, it. Well, the metrics don't look bad yeah. Aiden, yeah. those metrics you sent me don't look bad like 400 something viewers over and we're, we've only been launched in a Solid. month That's brand and we new. got four countries yeah it's brand new cool i don't i yeah. don't know it's cool it's so where'd you grow up Ironton, Ohio. Ironton, Southern Ohio. Ohio is right on the river. Uh, Tri-state <laughs> area with Ohio, Huntington, or Ohio, West Virginia, and Kentucky. So how did your parents meet? High school. They went to high school together. High school sweethearts. I in the later end of it, yeah. Honestly, is <laughs> terrible. I don't know this, but I'm pretty sure they got together when I believe my dad was in college and my mom may have, or my dad was a freshman in college and my mom was a senior, maybe. Something like that. I think that's how they, I think that's when they started talking. I think they were like high school sweethearts or whatever, but I don't think they were together in high school. So you never got the lowdown of the story on like how they kind of came together? <sighs> not completely. They may have told me. How long I, were they? I may they? not have been now, paying they that, together, much right? attention. I don't know. Yeah, they were, they were married. Uh, they were married till I was probably f- five. Five. If I had to, yeah, that's you know kind of I mean? how my my uh, yeah, situation like, was. But I'm a, I mean, I, I'm blessed with great parents. You know what I'm saying? Like they, that never really, you know, as would far you, as them being divorced, like I never really saw it as an issue. You know, obviously when I was with one of them, I would miss the other, but yeah, you know, it was never really extra like gifts. A, <laughs> yeah, you could say that, but uh, you know, yeah, I as far as yeah, I think they probably split when I was like five. Five. Yeah. So now. Do you remember like picking like who you lived with or like it it was kind of like it was kind of just put into uh it was kind of just like put into a routine effect cuz my mom well my mom when I was growing up uh 
was a first, she taught first grade at the elementary that I went to. So I would like stay with, when I was young, I would stay with her on the weekdays, my dad on the weekends. Um, and then when I was roughly around 10 or 11, um, my mom moved to, uh, she moved to an outer skirt uh, outside, right outside of Detroit. So I would go spend some time during the summers up there and then during like the school year and stuff. You know, I lived in Southern Ohio with my dad. Yeah. So, you know, growing up. So, yeah. Um, you know, that that was pretty much. Uh, what did your parents do? Mom, so teacher. Mom, teacher. mom still is a teacher. Okay. Um, mom, mom she, she teaches special education at an uh, elementary school. And, that takes a lot of work. Mm -hmm, especially during what's going on right now. Yeah. With the COVID stuff, just all yeah. the virtual stuff. Um, and then my dad uh, was a pension consultant um, for, a, he, he built his own business, actually. Like he, him and a couple of his partners started a business. Believe it was in like the uh, late '90s, maybe early 2000s. What do they do? Uh, handled group pensions, like group okay. 401k. Ah, so like employer 401k. So he probably had a lot of recommendations as you started this business. Kinda, you know, he was more on like the. Um, he wasn't much like into sales. He was on more of like retainment, I believe. Like honestly, my dad didn't really talk about his work a whole lot. Like when he was with me, you know, he was kind of the type that like he put the work down at home and never really stressed about it outside of that. Yeah. So we never really talked about his work a whole lot for real. Um, but, uh, you know, I know that he did, um, you know, him and his partners built the business from scratch. Uh, they, you know, they've had a, a it's been over a 20 year run yeah. doing that financial services, um, you know, but he wasn't. I wouldn't necessarily say that he he wasn't in like the investment side of it, yeah. if that makes sense. He was more just in, I believe, like the customer acquisition as far as like building the relationships, maintaining those clients, stuff like that. Taxes, like end of the year. Do you remember like clicking and stuff. with one of them more than the other at an age or was it pretty balanced? I mean, it, I've always, you know, I, I've always, you know, loved both my parents. Um, you know, I if I had... <laughs> And, and this is, you know, no hidden secret. I, I'm definitely, you know, I, I'm a daddy's boy in a way, yeah. you know, just because, um, you know, like my dad just had a unique uh, vibe to him that is super rare with the parent, I feel like, especially, um, it's, it's, especially like in, in today's world, I feel like there's so much stuff that's just like put off on technology, like so much parenting just put off on technology and uh, just so many different things like that, like, you know, my dad was just always taking me because I was like a, a sports junkie always. And so yeah. was my dad. So that naturally connected us in a way. And then my dad was also super on point with himself, took care of himself, great health. So he was super energetic. So we were just always on the move, Yeah. Um, which I think naturally for any young male is going to probably bring favor in a relationship. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, so it ain't like I loved my dad more than my mom. It yeah. was just like there was, you know. Easier connection. Yeah. And, it, you know, like I still, you know, me and, me and my mom have a great relationship. But just, you know, I was my dad's son for sure. You know, yeah. as far as like, you know, just if you had to say a mama's boy or daddy's boy, you know, and, and, and that's, you know, I don't feel like that's an unknown fact. I feel like anybody that knows me knows how mine and my dad's relationship was. You so, know, so what was growing up for you like then? Um, Busy, for real. You know, I, I always from, you know really like four or five on because like even when I was younger I have an older sister that's nine years older than me yeah so she was a good athlete and stuff growing up so like I was just always either at their practice like when she when I was growing up uh when my sister had practice and stuff my dad would bring like a little tight basketball hoop for me on the beat on the side so I was just always on the move always busy so like I wasn't really ever home much you know yeah. growing up I was always whether playing a sport or at my friend's house or just you know just on the move I feel like you know and kind of just live like the lifestyle like that always 
uh, it's always been like that with me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So growing up, you know, just busy, uh, you know, good family, good friends. Um, uh, gr- small town, you know, like where I'm, where I'm from, it's, it's a more like rural tri-state area. You know, it's got some like, you know, city population, but it's a more like you would call it, it's like Appalachia, you know? So yeah, um, it's different, you know, than where I'm at now, you know, living in a big city. So, um, you know, growing up, growing up in a small town, you know, I feel like that brings positives and negatives. You just got to learn to. What was to, your biggest sport growing up? Growing up, baseball, man. You weren't any good. Dog, I was a killer. Just trash. I'm looking at you now. <laughs> You're crazy, dog. <laughs> you better ask. Come on now. Baseball, uh, definitely baseball. You were that kid, up. dog. No, you were that kid. What's that movie? <laughs> was it the comebacks where that, that old Mexican comes over with the green crown on the paper? I'm 12. I don't know. Oh, shut up, dog. That's yeah. him, dude. He was like nah, 17 playing against the I was like a kid the, from the like sandlot. The, the stud from the sandlot. The fat kid? Nah, the stud. Like, <laughs> it looked like a little Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> fat ass. Just in nah, there. you talk. What, what was his name? They, they called him a... Hey, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls. Nah, nah, is that... Nah, nah his was name it? was a Smalls. Let's, let's look it up. Yeah, that's funny, though. That was a classic growing up. But yeah, baseball was definitely my favorite sport. Uh, my best sport, honestly, it was probably always my best sport. I just, when I was in like my seventh grade summer, yeah, my seventh grade summer, I played like- I'm looking up the cast. I was playing travel ball and we played like 85 games in a summer or something like that. Oh, yeah. And I just that. got, I swear to God, I just got completely burnt out on it. Just double headers sitting in the sun, like no movement really. You're just sitting out there waiting for something to happen in the game. So I just naturally kind of grew tired of that and then gravitated more towards basketball. Um, you know, and then I ended up. You that know, kid's I, name was Hamilton Ham. 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 I knew it was that white. I thought Dude, I was about to say Chubbs. He looks. <laughs> he looks the same as an adult. Hell yeah, he does. Patrick Renna looks. He looks the he same. The Aiden. If you look this kid up, I mean, he looks so freaking sane. It looks like he just had a baby, and the baby looks just like him in the set. No, I'm just playing. They're gonna bring out the same lot too. <laughs> So baseball was your number one sport. Yeah. Um, but basketball, it, basketball came in when? Because you suck played. at that too. Shut up. <laughs> I, I always played, you know, like I always played. It's just, you know, basketball is a more athletic sport, you know, and I wasn't really that athletic growing up. Baseball is more of a sport. It's like hand-eye coordination. Shut up. It's more hand-eye coordination, you know, skill set type thing, um, you know, so – when I was younger and a little bit more baby fattish and not as fast, that was kind of the sport I gravitated towards. And then as I got older, hit some growth spurts, kind of thinned out, started like them, you know, uh, more on the move sports. It just yeah. gravitated towards basketball. And I had a coach when I, in my childhood, uh, AAU coach, Brian Quartz. He's like one of my all-time favorite people, huge influence on me. Yeah. Gave me a lot of tough love that I needed. Um, you know, he's kind of the one that really made me, you know, fall in love with the game of basketball, just in like the work ethic part of it. Cause like baseball, it's hard to get 18 people together and go play pickup. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it, you can't like go throw, you know, batting practice to yourself. Yeah. And no, ain't no kid that got a pitching machine. <laughs> yeah. So the aspect of basketball where you can just always work on your craft. It could just be you. You ain't need nobody else to practice. Uh, and just like, I feel like the culture around the game, I just feel like it's a cooler sport. So, I mean, that's just kind of what gravitated me towards that. And then it led me to take that more serious uh, when I got older. Probably picked the wrong sport, honestly, because I feel like I had definitely had a way higher ceiling with baseball. Um, but I I just didn't enjoy it, you know. I still played in high school because my dad wanted me to. And yeah. he loved to sit there and eat peanuts and keep the book and watch me, 
you know, play, but I didn't take it serious. I was running track and baseball at the same time, like my junior and senior year. Um, like the fields were right next to each other. So like we always had baseball games and track meets on the same night. <laughs> and like my coaches would like be texting me during the day. Like my baseball coach, high school baseball coach, and my high school track coach would be like texting me during the day, asking me which one I'm gonna do like that night. And like I, I could never pick between the two because I, I, you know, I liked both of them. So I would like go play two innings baseball, and I'd have my track spandex on under my baseball uniform, and I would hear the first call from my relay, and I would run from the baseball field over to the track run the relay, come back, put, like me and two other of our players did this, put my baseball uniform on, play like an, another inning, hear my track event, you know, thing, called over the intercom, go over there and run, and did that my whole junior and senior year. So Damn, was, yeah, a little bit was, of a grind. Oh, it was a grind for sure, but I never went to baseball practice in high school because I was trying to play next level basketball, and I knew where I needed to take steps was with athleticism, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, because the cats at the next level are just so athletic, yeah. you know? And I knew that was where I need to grow. So track brought me a lot of like growth in that aspect, maybe more athletic, quicker, slimmer, um, you know, baseball practice, you know, I, I just couldn't really get into it. So I didn't really want to waste time with it, but I still played one. I liked playing with my friends. And then two, like I said, I, you know, my dad wanted me to play. So what are some of the best memories you had growing up? <laughs> uh, really, you know, the ones that mean the most now are, you know, spending time with people who are no longer here. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it be friends, uh, you know, my dad, uh, family members, you know, those are obviously probably the sweetest, but, uh, is there any in particular that just like you, like, they my hit favorite you pretty, childhood pretty, fre memory? pretty frequently, just something that hits you. Yeah. I always have uh flashbacks. So when, when my mom and dad have first separated, my dad, uh, got this, I don't, I, yeah, we rented it, you know, um, but it, it was this house in Ironton on Neal Avenue. Uh, it's a little white house. It's like, double as long as it is wide like when you mm -hmm. see it from the street it's like as wide as a garage door yeah. but it goes back a pretty decent bit so like me and my dad when i was growing up we had a nerf hoop at the on the doorway at the end of each house so like we would have these like nightly one-on-one -on -one games yeah. and like full court you know fouling each other like dripping sweat like every night for like three or four years so like i think about that all the time uh that, that's a super good memory um uh, yeah, I mean, that that's probably one that I think about like all the time, one. all the time, you yeah. know, because so, every time I go back home, I, I, I drive by the house, I get out, I walk around, the, the landlord that owns it is a family friend, he he knows who I am, he, he knows I'm not up to no good, so I, yeah. I just get out and go snoop around and it just is like nostalgic, you know, it's like I can yeah. still smell the sm same like candles that used to be burning the house, I can yeah. still like just vividly remember all of that, so that's like one memory, if I had to say one, that I think about all the time. What are some that. of the toughest adversities you had to face growing up? Um, you know, obviously, you know, just, uh, you know, have, having split parents, missing them, you know, having one parent here, one parent there is one thing. Uh, uh, you know, that, that was, that had its challenges. And then uh, also, uh, I mean, I'll be honest with you, though, man, I, I, as far as like challenges, like, looking back at them there or some, but like at the time, dude, I was just a happy kid. Like yeah. I never really was like sitting, like, you know, I, I was always just, you know, happy. You yeah. Know, really. You know, I had a, like, I'm, I feel super blessed to have had to, um, you know, just to like have had the childhood I did, you know, um, I, you know, obviously looking back at it, like there are some certain things like, yeah, you know, that was adversity. That was this and that, but at that time, man, I was just living, like, didn't really even think of it like that. Yeah. You know, so. Did you have a first girlfriend? 
I mean, yeah, I've, I've had girlfriends. So I had that. Well, first. I'm trying to think. You talk. <laughs> You're going to make some people mad with that one. Uh, and we're, hey, look, we're all right with that, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, you talking like, I mean, yeah, I had like a, you know, a girlfriend in like elementary. So when did you lose your virginity then? God, Tristan. Killing my ass already. <laughs> 15? Damn, dude, you were old. <laughs> oh, my God. I was yeah. six. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Wild now, <laughs> no, dude. I'm playing, but no, no that was the same age as you. So, I mean, was that what your? That wasn't your first girlfriend then. When was like your first love? Did you have a love like a first? Like I remember my first high school love. I mean, I was sixteen. I think as you get older, you 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 kind of like change perceive the, the, the idea, the, the like perception of love. Was that you know, love? Yeah, or that's was what I'm saying. Like, 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 or was you just doing the thing because that's what everybody yeah, was your doing, or you were felt just like, like ah, I mean, like. You know, within the past five years, I would say for that of legit, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I said, in high school, like I had a girl and like, you know, it's nothing. Did you like, have that crazy feeling though, that you were like, damn, I'm in love. You know what I mean? At the time. Yeah. Where like she stopped but texting you like, and you like cry for a day. Yeah. I mean, I, I think yeah, every, you know, for I'm, sure I mean, you. In high- <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I, was, I mean, like I said, it, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, you have those feelings at that time, but like I said, I mean, the difference between 18 and 20 or 16, 17, 18, and 26 year old man is huge. Like, a man does a lot of growing in that time. Nah. Yeah, a lot. Maybe you know. physically, but mature. no, like, no. <laughs> mentally, <laughs> we're still up. nine, dog. I mean, in a way, yeah, <laughs> in a way for sure, but, uh, yeah, I mean, looking back at it, like it was just a, you know, it's one of them typical, you know, high school issues. Like I'm not, I don't regret it. I don't like miss it. It just is what it is. You know what I mean? Like you don't it, miss Hannah. Your day one had a good guess. Dang, he would have been wide eyed if that I was it. If you would have guessed, like, I bet. Damn, right, dude, you did some he, research he before I pulled yeah. up. Hell yeah! So, funny, as you are transitioning out of high school into college, did you? What was that? Did, were there any decisions, you know, that you were making going into college? Like, were you looking into sports, education? I had to play. Like, if I wanted to get school paid for, I had to play a sport. Okay. Because my ACT score was not good. Yep. I took it five times. Yep. And I think I failed my SAT. You can't. Even, you can fail to qualify, which is what I did. I had like two sixteens, a seventeen, and two eighteens. So. You know, none of those were getting me any academic aid. Yeah, they just and gave then, me a muffin and told me to leave. Yeah, I wish they would have did that. I would have been better <laughs> than just get my score. But, um, yeah, so I was like, I couldn't, you know, grade-wise. You know, I wasn't, like, stupid at all. I just, you know, I, I felt like that didn't evaluate anything I'm smart at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, all of my skill set is not able to be evaluated in that kind of test. And I knew that. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, too, I didn't practice for it. And I didn't try. Yeah, me either. So it's like, I'm not going to sit here and beat around the bush and be like, oh, it just wasn't meant for me. Like, I didn't try just because I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't want to. I knew it applied yep. nothing to me. I wasn't about to waste my time with it. Yep. So um, I knew I wanted to play sports, but the goal behind sports the whole time was like never like really to like try to be a pro or anything. It was just to get my school paid for, which I yeah. managed to get majority of it paid for. Yeah. Um, so that was like the goal. And I ended up my freshman year, I uh, went to a school in Wheeling, West Virginia called, it was at the time it was called Wheeling Jesuit University. Oh um, yeah. It's called Wheeling now. Why, why'd Wheeling you make University. that decision? Um, they were a really, really good program. And for what? For basketball, basketball, yeah, they were like, like really, really good. Yeah, and like one of my one of my uh, incoming freshmen that I came in with is actually uh, 
he's playing for like Team USA right now in the qualifying events. Haywood Highsmith, he's a dog. Um, and he, he's on a two-way contract with the 76ers, I believe. Damn. So, like, we had some real talent, you know? Yeah. Um, you guys I did. ended up, I got hurt up there, um, you know, about seven weeks into school, fractured my tibial tuberosity, which is like the jumper's knee. You know, like, you ever heard of jumper's knee where you get those knots? Like nah, in your. I probably have them. Yeah, so I cracked it. And um, I ended up taking a medical redshirt my freshman year. And just where I was at, I was like five hours away from home. And, and that was from missing jumpers? <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but um I, so I, I get hurt i'm like five hours away from home freshmen weren't able to have cars at this school because it wasn't a very big school so freshmen couldn't have cars so i'm like hurt five hours from home broke you know can't have a car and i'm miserable you know yeah. and um i just really like was unhappy and i wanted to kind of just you know restart and um you know i i started sending my tape out to a couple different schools Shawnee State University was actually one that was like really close to where I was from, like 35, 40 minutes. So um, they emailed me back. I was able to get, you know, a roster spot there. No scholarship at first. So I go my freshman year, redshirt freshman year there. And, um, you know, I had a pretty solid season for a freshman. Uh, you know, I played, I think it was like 15, 16 minutes a game. Um, shot high percentage from three. I was playing on like a senior oriented team. So it was like kind of harder to get playing time, but it was also real good for me because like, you know, I had like one job. I wasn't asked to do a whole lot. Like yeah. I got in to shoot the ball and that uh, they wanted me to shoot the ball. Um, so they were, uh, it was like a really good incoming team to come into and um, freshman year, I had a solid freshman year. And then um, sophomore year, uh, going into my sophomore year, I had a little mishap on my side, um, just off the court. And then uh, I started just dealing with consistent ankle injuries for the next three years really like i'd get in crazy good shape get my skill set back completely on point um get back in practice you know full go doing great boom step on like someone's foot completely rip my ankle apart again and i just dealt with this it was like an ongoing process for literally like two and a half three years and um it just became like mentally grueling really you know um i was able to get back in action like several different times and have bits and pieces of success, but then boom, it would just like keep happening. Um, so really, uh, you know, that, and then, um, you know, but it wasn't like a waste at all. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm super thankful for my college journey because like, you know, playing a sport in college, like you really find out if you're about your work ethic or not. Like if anybody plays four years college sports, you know, that you the, they're serious about their work ethic, you know, like, um, it's a lot of, a lot of hours, a lot of discipline, physical, physically excruciating at times, like a lot of work. Um, and then that's not counting like the school, anything like that. Uh, and then, you know, the relationships I made there too, you know, uh, which I have like certain opinions on college. I don't think college is for everybody, but if you do go, I think that you have to like engulf yourself and make relationships like in the experience or else it was pointless, you yeah. know? So like, a lot of my best friends that I have right now, like best friends, like that are super loyal to me, that I'm super loyal to, that I know I could count on like like that, um, I met in college, yeah. you know, and especially like, like to do this on my arm, Sean Elliott, he passed away in 2015. And that was like, that was who I lived with my freshman year at Shawnee. And like probably besides my dad, really male influence wise, probably the biggest I ever had. And I really didn't even know him that long besides yeah. my pops. Like he, uh, we just had like a crazy close click, like super similar people. And he had a really unique story too. You know, he was 
Um, he was older. He was like, he was like 25 or 26. And, you know, I'm like 18, 19 at this time. So he's like, you know, like I, we were just talking about that difference and that is huge. Yeah. So he's a grown man and knows a lot of game, like been through a lot and soaked up a ton. And like, we were the exact same personality type really. And like looked kind of similar, you know what I mean? Both six, one white dude on a college team shooters, you know, um, played similar. He's a lot better than me. You know what I'm saying? He was our best player, but played similar, similar mindset, liked the same things. We're into the same hobbies. So it was like a really unique connection, but like, but he was also a hard ass on me. Like held me really accountable and like always called me out on my shit and gave me a lot of like a lot of tough love that I needed at that time because what's he do now? He's passed away. Who? This is my boy Sean Elliott on oh. my arm, my tattoo on my arm. Damn. Yeah, he passed away in a car accident um, in 2015. Um, and that rocked my world, bro, for real. Like, because um, you know, like I had lost family members and stuff, but you know, like losing a friend is really hard because one, nobody expected to lose him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It just is kind of like if you have an older family member or something like that that's sick, like, you know, you kind of expect these things. You mentally prepare for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you have time to to build it up. But, you know, when something like that happens, you know, like, like I said, we, li- we, I, we had lived together the whole year prior, but at this point when he died, like, I was staying for free on his love seat during the summer working out. Like, literally, looked like this. He had this white, white couch, and he wasn't charging me no rent because I was there for summer workouts. Yeah. And he was like, Connie, like he called me Connie the Kid. That's where like my that nickname come from. So yeah. he he was like, you need to stay on campus. Like this is the only way you're really going to get right. If you want to be about your business, you're going to stay here and work out with me every day. So, and then he kind of got our whole team hit to that in yeah. a way. So um, it, was a bl- it was a blow to our whole team. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I'm not, it wasn't just about me, but like me personally, that was like my guy. And I yeah. trusted him at that point. I had only known him for like a year and some change. And I trusted him. Like I said, more than 99.9% of people because I knew he had my best interest because he coached me in a way. Yeah. Like people that have your best interest call you out on your shit. Like people that just enable you to do stupid stuff and, you know, they don't love you, Yeah. you know. So Sean was like that influence that I needed away because when you're in college, like, you know, my, my dad and my mom and like my family always like when I was back, but like in college, you know, you're on your own, you're young, you're open to a lot of new things. There's a lot of different stuff out there. Like you can make bad decisions. So he like he was really big on like keeping my head on straight. Like if I came home two in the morning, been out partying or whatever, like he'd wake my ass up at three and make me go get shots up and rebound for him. Yeah. Like throwing up in the gym. <laughs> and he's like, you know, if you're going to do this, you're going to learn that this is what you got to deal with because of it. So um, when he passed, like that, like, I mean, it just killed me, dude. I remember his funeral, like it was yesterday. And it's like, <clears throat> I've never felt like, you know, cause I don't like to cry in front of people. I hate yeah. it. It's like, it's, a, it's cause I, <laughs> I just don't like doing it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if I cry in front of you, I trust you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's how, and. I hate when I slam you and you start crying. Shut the hell up. <laughs> but so like, and I, I just remember being at his funeral, bro, just looking at him like, like bro, tears literally fell from my face for hours. Like I couldn't even stop. I had no control over my emotions. Um, you know, it was like that for a while, for real. And mentally, that really hurt me because, like I said, like he was just that that OG that I had that really gave me game because at a certain age, you don't like to go to your parents with stuff all the time. Yeah. You want to be your own man. You want to figure it out. Like, And he was that, like, person that really helped me do that and, like, really pushed me. And, like, you know, I still remember all kinds of, like, one-liners that he would say to me to motivate me, and it still, like, plays in my head, you know, and I think about him every day. That's why I got a tattoo on me, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, I wanted to reflect on him all the time. I never wanted to forget his legacy. Uh and, and like not even speak on it, you know, that aggravates me. Yeah. You know, I, it aggravates me that, you know, people think that by posting this and that, that like you do it. No, like I, I keep his name alive because I wanted to stay alive. 
Yeah. You know, like, and I feel like it should be like that. You know, I feel like you should talk about people who made a lot of influence. And so like, you know, he, he was big for me. So like I said, if I didn't go to this college, this and that, like I never meet him. Yeah. So I'm not one of those people that just like, you know, says like, oh, don't go, you don't got to go to college, this and that, like you just come into business. Like if you're going to go to college, make use of those relationships. And I made a lot of relationships in college that like have helped me in business. Like a a lot of my people I met in college are either clients or help me get clients or send me referrals or work with me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all, all kinds of stuff. So like college was a really good experience. And then, you know, kind of just transition from there into business. Yeah. But before we transition into business, what was the craziest story you got in college? Oh, man. There's a lot. The craziest, though. Wow. So there's like three, dude, that I can't even like. Really boils down to two. One, I got mis, mis, like, misidentified and jumped by six people who thought I was the wrong dude. Yeah. Like right on campus. Yeah. And like two minutes in, they realized that it was the wrong person, and like we just kept going. That was that was crazy. But just the one that I'll probably say is the craziest. Um, is when we had this like random. We call them townies back home. Like back where in the town that my my college was in. Like the college is like its own place in this yeah. like little town. Yeah. It's like you got the town and this drug. Re- and I mean, I'm not even talking shit, but it's is it's a lot of bad shit that goes on off yeah. the campus. Okay. Uh, and and like, but the campus is its own spot. So like, everybody thinks you know. What I mean, you're good. Well, me. A couple of my boys, like Jalen Carter, Brian Rolfe, these are like some, of, like I said, some of my best friends. Um, we had went out, Brian Duncan, we had went out like to the bars this night. It was like seven of the men's basketball players, like seven of the women's basketball players. We all just went out and we're having fun. Well, we go out, we enjoy our time, we come back, and we're all asleep. And this story is way funnier told by my friends that witnessed it from the jump. Yeah. Cause like I was only there for like the second part of it. And they like, when they tell you about my reactions and shit, it's hilarious. But so basically, you got, it's time to get on social media. (laughs) So basically, um, this guy, after we had gotten home and had been asleep, this guy had made his way into the house like this random townie that was yeah. from there Devin. and he's covered in blood. Yeah. Like covered in blood. His shirt's like soaking blood. Devin. So we have this like, <laughs> we have this like sectional couch in our living room downstairs. <laughs> and like one of my boys is laying his head here, feet here, one of my boys head here, feet here. So they're like, yeah. and the dude just wa- walks in and it's funny cause like my boys had heard him twist the side door for like yeah, yeah. three minutes, but it was locked. And then all of a sudden they just heard the back door open. And dude just wanders in and like plops down right between the two of them on the couch. And like I said, I, I didn't see this part. So like, I'm just telling you what they told me. But like my boy said that they like raised up and was like, hey, are you a friend of Connor's? <laughs> and like he, he wasn't answering him. So one of my boys like gets up and comes and wakes me up. And this is where it gets funny. Like he said that like when he woke up, I like panicked. I was like, where's my money? Like, you know, I just like panicked and like rent downstairs. I walked downstairs and I, like, I looked to my right and he's he's like, or he tells me, he's like, you know, there's a townie downstairs. And I'm thinking like, you know, like, you know, like who? And they're like, there's a townie on your couch. So I go down and I like, I look down and this dude 
he's got like his arms like you know you can like if you're cold you can, like put your arms in your shirt and just yeah. like sit there he's like sitting on the couch with his arms like that shivering but he's asleep and he's like covered in blood and like i ain't gonna lie i don't i mean we had we had had some drinks this night so stuff was a little funnier than usual yeah but dog i thought it was hilarious i couldn't stop laughing like i just burst into tears and i'm just like dying because i'm sitting there thinking like what are the odds of this cat being yeah in our crib right now and he wasn't like doing no crazy shit, but he was covered in blood, so he had been into something. But I'm literally, bro, I'm just dying. And my boy Jalen's like, Connor, like, quit laughing. Like, you gonna get this guy out or am I gonna have to leave? <laughs> He's like, so like, he, he, I don't know. He was just, he was a mixture of just like scared, nervous, and pissed, like all at the same time. So like, we ended up, we couldn't get dude up. So like, and I didn't want to just like beat the shit out of him or anything, because like I said, like for all I know, this dude has, you know, HIV or, or, or something. Like, I'm not trying to get his blood on me. You Peter, know, I'm, Peter told me it's hard to get HIV. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> I hope he don't listen to shit. <laughs> so, so I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to avoid confrontation. Yeah. You know, like, at all costs. And, um, you know, like, so I just grab a golf club and, like, poke him. And like steer him out. I'm like, hey, you know where you're at? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, no, you don't. I'm like, you need to get out of here. So we just like kind of steer him out. And he ended up falling asleep standing up like right outside our door for like 10 minutes and then just vanished. But like I'm telling you, it's just what you just had to be there. Like oh I said, if God. one of my boys could tell this story for me, because like I said, I only saw the second half of yeah. it and I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And we got a video of it. Like I'll show yeah, you, yeah. I'll show you the video later. It's hilarious. But yeah, that's probably the craziest one. There's there was so much for real. Like college really was an experience. Like now, did you graduate before yeah. transitioning into business? No, no. I was in business a year and a half before I graduated, so and you, that wasn't you, honestly my choice. I was trying to drop out for real, but my dad wouldn't let me. Like, okay. And my dad, my mom, like they were just like you know like so you've came this far. What did that What did that look like transitioning into business? Was that directly with us or? Yeah, I never had another. Like I, I never, you know. So how did that? How did you? So, how did you hear about us? How did you get into? Yeah. So insurance. Basically, I knew I always wanted to be a businessman. Like always, I knew. Wow, I what do you mean? You always knew? How did you I know? I just always knew. I was always. What sparked a you knowing man. your dad? That and I just the way my mind worked. Yeah. Like I always Where did that get inspired from? Movies, music, friends. Where did the seeds get planted from? A, a combination of all of those three. And then I mean, just keeping it real, like you don't see many people who are just like really wealthy that aren't in some kind of business. So that was like what I was looking at. Yeah. You know, you like, wanted to like get not, rich. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. You yeah. know, like you know what made it, you want to get rich? Really, one because I feel like I feel like I have to. I feel like if I don't, nobody's gonna do it for me or my family. Yeah, like change generations. You yeah. know, like I feel like I have a calling to really, like, be that staple that changes generations of my family and like sets the tone for my little cousins, for my nephew. Yeah. For you know, like, cause like I said, like, and I'm not like I'm not talking. It's just like where I'm from. You know, the normal. Yeah. Like where I'm from, this is what I was talking earlier. Like where I'm from, the normal is, which there's nothing wrong with this. Like I'm not talking shit. But the normal is you go to high school, you go to college four years or two years, you get your certificate or degree, you get a 40 to 70K paying job. You work that for- They're lucky if they get 40 yeah, to 70K you work now. that for 35, 40 years, retire on your pension and, and live a nice like calm, calm country life. And I ain't gonna lie, bro, I, I fear that. Yeah. 
Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just not for me. It's not for you. Not for me. Yeah. So, and I knew that. I knew that. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's what pushed me to do business. And, like, I realized, like, I'm looking around, you know, I'm looking around seeing all these people and, like, you know, like, and also I hated schools for real. Like, yeah. I, I didn't want to go to, like, grad school or I'm not about to, you know, do all this much longer. Yeah. I just wanted to be in control of my schedule. I wanted to make a lot of money. So I think that naturally put me in the business mind frame. But like also, like I said, my mind was just wired for it, like for a long time. I'm going to write that down real quick. So, and then the next thing I want to get into is, so how did you hear about us? It was Jeff Smith, Well, yeah, right? Jeff. Yeah, so <clears throat> I remember it was right after I'd had my, my ankle surgery. I had full ankle reconstruction, like full ankle reconstruction. Every single ligament in my left ankle was completely obliterated. Um, like nothing was holding it together. So I have full reconstruction. And then my right when I'm still supposed to have that done. But when I was in the rehab time with that, I was reading tons of real estate books. Like that was what I originally wanted to do. Where, how'd you get into the real estate books? So my best friend, Isaiah, his uncle, Jermaine Fox, does real estate real successfully in Columbus. Yep. And he was honestly, I, I need to take a step back real quick. He planted a big seed one day, like when I was like, 22 i was like a soft or i was like 20 i was either 20 or 21 and isaiah was like hey let's go up to columbus one day me you and ike which is my other my my other best friend he said why let's go up to columbus one day and we're going to just kick it with my uncle jermaine for a day he's bossed up let's go just you know listen to him and i'm like yeah so we go up there he's teaching us all this like real estate. he's driving a tesla in a suit you know um, teaching us this different stuff about real estate, about really how easy it is to get rich if you do the right things. Like a lot of people think it's just this like crazy hard thing when it's really not if you just do basic principles every day for a while. Yeah. And like when he blueprinted that, I'm like, damn, like that's that's really not that hard. Yeah. You know, so like that really, that, I was like a sophomore at that point and I'm already doing my thing and I'm already around people who are in business. Yep. You know, I got connections, like I had connections with that. So like, I started getting into the real estate books, but like what I hadn't thought about at that point was like, you know, to get real aggressive with real, like, yeah, you can do real estate with no money down and stuff, but like, it's going to be a long play. Like, you know, to really like do, do real estate, you need some capital. Yeah. So I'm sitting there thinking I got to get money and then do this. But I was wondering how, you know, I knew I wanted to do like something like entrepreneurish, but then my, my counselor in, in college, and she was also a business professor of mine, who I had given multiple presentations in front of, like in in class and stuff. She told me, I was like asking her, I'm like, what do you think that I should do, you know? Yeah. And she's like, Connor, I think you'd be great in like a sales role. And I, I was like, yeah, that sounds great, but what should I sell? Because you see all these different sales jobs out there, you know, like selling yeah. security systems, selling pest control, you know, lawn care, whatever. Yeah. So I, I didn't want to be like an annoying salesman, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? But she was like, you know, insurance, you know, Insurance is a really good one. Like everybody I know that does it is really wealthy. Yeah. And it and it pays like, you know, like residuals in, residual income. She knew all that? Yeah. Damn. And I was like, well, she's a business professor. You know what I'm saying? So she was well-rounded. You know, she yeah. had been teaching business for a long time. And, um, you know, so like I really just kind of like, I didn't like go searching for a job at that point, but that's how I got in my, that's how I got like hit to the industry. Yeah. You know? So like then... I was on Snapchat one day and Jeff had posted his new car and, you know, I've known Jeff for a long time and like, 
you know, Jeff come Jeff Jeff come, comes from a humble background. You know, like Jeff's never had a handout in yeah. anything. Always worked hard for what he has. Great family, you know what I'm saying? But like, you know, Jeff has had to get it on his own. Yeah. Always. So if you see it, your friend is younger than you driving a nice whip, like you know that they're doing well for themselves. So like I hit him up. I'm like, you know, what are you doing? He's like, you know, I'm in the insurance industry. Like, you know, let me let me get you an interview. So I go in and Dylan Murphy, you know, obviously, you know. Hell yeah, no Murph. So I uh I was like, you know, I'm sitting there in my interview. And I'm just, I just want to be real with it. I'm like, you know, how much money can I make here, you know, starting out? Because I wanted yeah. to be straight commission. I didn't want any salary because I've always just heard, you know, they're going to give you a small salary and then, you know, make your, you know, your commission small and you're really just going to make no money. You'd rather be full commission. And yeah. I knew I was going to sell it. I knew whatever I was selling, I was going to sell, but I wanted to sell something that people actually needed yeah. with a big market, which is why insurance appealed to me. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I hit him up. I come in. I'm talking to Dylan. Dylan shows me his 1099. It's got 104,000. Yeah. I said, dog, what I do? You know what I mean? I, that's literally just popped in my mind. As soon as I saw it, I, I, was, I was literally just like, all right, what do I sign? I don't care. I don't yeah. care what it is. Because at this point, I'm already used to the grind. Yeah. Because my college coach was, you know. What, what month was this? March of 2018. Or yeah. February. February, March 2018. Yeah, and so at this I, point, like when I see that paper, I'm like, dude, I don't care what I had to do to make I was two months in. I don't care what I had to do to make 104,000. I'm, yeah. I'm with it yeah. all the way. Didn't you finish the top 10 that, that year? I finished like number 11, but I only had like seven and a half months, yeah. eight months. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I finished like number 11, but I think if I had my 12 months, but we can sit here and talk about that all the time, yeah. you know, all the time. But yes, wishfully thinking that if I had my whole year. Yeah. But um, so. You know, I come in for my interview. I get my license. I got my license done, like, lickety split. Because, like I said, I had my my foot was rehabbing. Yeah. So I start, and, bro, I just hit the ground running. You know, yeah. like, it, it was really, like, I just fell in love with being in control of everything. Like, yep. as far as my income, my schedule, all that. And, you know, it's like I would never look back now. Yeah. And, and that's kind of how I started out. But my first year and a half, I mean, literally, dog, I'm like, I'm, I was still taking 15 hours. Cause like I said, I wanted to drop out, but my parents were like, no, like you've came this far. Yeah. But in my mind, I'm sitting there thinking, like, I'm about to make 120 in seven months, like 120,000 in seven months, probably, and humbly, like, not, yeah. not talking, you know, I'm just being honest. Like, I don't want to come in and listen to professors who aren't trying to do that. You know, that's just what my mindset was at. Yeah. Arrogant at that time yeah. you know I, I, I you know because my my dad and mom brought me down to that level like listen it's still going to pay off for you getting these degrees and stuff even though like yes still work still work this and that but like yeah. you got to finish so my next year and a half like i was literally driving because you know i lived an hour into ohio from the office yeah not 10 minutes not 20 minutes an hour from yeah. our office in huntington west virginia so like just to get to the office was an hour then our areas were far further from there in west virginia so like i'm driving minimum four hours a day yeah. minimum. That's yep. just to get to my areas, not any in-between travel. Yes, sir. So I'm working nonstop, driving all these miles, sitting, and then I got to bust at home and speed home for class at 6.30 to dissect fucking frogs in a full suit. Yep. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like, I remember literally dissecting frogs in a full suit. Yep. Like, so, you know, doing this and that, and it really was a grind, like super grind to do the school and this. Yeah. But like, you know, that's where, like, my senior year of college, like, bro, I wasn't partying. I was this and that. Like, I still lived in the house with my basketball teammates, and, like, I'm going to bed by, like, 9.30, getting up at 5. My friends are out doing this and that. 
having the fun and like that was a sacrifice and like i don't regret it you know i don't um but like you know that was how it went and then as soon as i graduated dog it was just like like so thankful but i'm super thankful i did now because like having two degrees holds weight it really does like i didn't really feel like it would at that time but now like if i'm talking to a client on zoom they see my degrees in the background they'll ask about it it provides legitimacy it provides uh you know um I don't know. You know, it just substance. It, wait, you have two degrees? Yeah, I got a, a bachelor's in business administration and then a, a associates in business finance. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess I think I, I think that's a considered two degree. degrees. Shut the hell up. <laughs> that's what it felt like my first two years. I'm in here doing art. Yeah. You know, like I said, dissected fraud. I'm like, man, I'm not. That's why I just couldn't get into school. I hated school. I yeah. could have been way better at school. Like the my knowledge was that like, I could have been way better, but dude, I just knew I wasn't doing that shit and I yeah. wasn't trying to listen. And I, I don't care. Like, I know that probably sounds spoiler, but I, like, yeah, I wasn't with it. So what was your first year like in the business? A grind, though, like crazy grind. Yeah. Like, you know, first until it went virtual, it was like, that. and it's still a grind, but it's a much easier grind. Oh, absolutely. You know, any like, crazy, funny stories your first year in? Of the field? Just you're like, just think in general, like yeah. top, top two maybe your favorite memory Top, and then your craziest so one, memory. I got three pretty crazy ones. Well, one of them is just like having pistols pulled on, you know, that yeah. like, that's just an animal in itself. And yeah. like, you know, like you're knocking, you know, you're outdoor knocking at six o'clock at night in Logan, West Virginia. And dude, you know, you knock on the door and you get answered with the damn, you know, 40 caliber right on your forehead. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? So like, you know, those are, you know, those are different that, you know, those are, but you get used to it and yeah. you know, you become comfortable in those moments and people respect when you're not all scary about it, you know? So yeah. I'm just, you know, listen, this is why I'm here. I don't care if you keep that gun on you, but just don't point it at me. <laughs> That's what yeah. I always used to tell them. Like, I ain't going to do nothing. Keep it right on your hip. I don't care. Just don't point it at me, please. And they'd be like, yeah, we'll come right in, you know, super cool. But yeah. so that was like always, but a crazy so one. They never one time it pulled. See, like anytime I like would come to the door, it would already no, be no, sideways. They, no, they, no, they, no. Like That's why I would run It would be on my head. All right. But I would just tell them, listen, <laughs> I don't care if you keep that on, you just please don't point it at me. And they'd be like, all right. You know, like, uh, once they realize I'm up, you know, I'm, I'm here for a reason. Yeah. I'm not up to no good or whatever. Uh, a crazy one. One time I'm sitting with this client, me and my cousin, we're sitting with this client and he lived down this like really, and I used to, like, I drove a small Honda Civic, bro. I'd take it on these crazy yes. adventures. Yes. Like, I know my whole family was literally worried sick about me. Oh, yes. But just being honest, I didn't care. Like, yes, I was and, just willing to do whatever, yep. you know, whatever, whatever it takes. Yep. And they get it now. Yeah. But at that time, they were like, dude, like, what are you doing? You what know, is Connor like, doing? Yeah. So, Stupid. but me and my cousin were like sitting with this couple and they lived at the bottom of this like huge dirt hill. Yeah. So, right at the bottom of the hill was like this little creek. We drove through it, wasn't nothing major, okay, when yeah. we get down there. While we're in the city, it flash floods, okay? While we're meeting with the client, it literally flash floods, like I'm talking like crazy rain. Yeah. And I ain't gonna lie, it's more like the most pissed I've ever been meet with a client because these like two 65-year-olds neither have policies. The wife is sitting there looking at husband, begging him to get it. Husband pays $72, and he's 65, and hu- husband pays $70 a month in MMORPG gaming memberships online as a 65-year-old in West Virginia. Like World of Warcraft and stuff, multiple of them. Sounds like Peter. So, he, so he's not trying to protect it. You know, his, yeah. his wife's so there looking at me like, you know, like, what the heck? You know, and like he's, so I'm already frustrated with dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I don't say it to him, but I, I was ready to get up out of here. So Hell yeah. we go to leave, and I can't get out. 
my it's like seven foot of flash flooded running water between me and the road. Yeah. And my car's on the other side. Yeah, yeah. And this guy just didn't like it's not the fact that he didn't buy, it's why he didn't buy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm just salty or stuck and we're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's like seven forty on like a Tuesday, eight o'clock on a Tuesday. So I call a couple of my friends. One of them's like, yeah, I'll come get you, but I'm like two and a half hours away. So I'm like, all right. So like, I'm just sitting up there. I'm so pissed off. And like, if you know me, like all my friends would know us, but like, I hate cigarettes, like nicotine, like cigarettes. Yeah. I hate it. You're not like cigars tonight? Yeah, I, but I don't, inhale, I don't inhale them. Nobody inhales cigars. It's exactly. That's my point. Cigarettes, you inhale. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, nicotine just fucks with me real bad. Ugh. And so... But I'm sitting there and I'm so pissed off. And this dude and my cousin are sitting there just smoking cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck it, give me them. So I just start chain smoking cigs for like two and a half hours, dog. Yeah. I'm so salty. And then, but we didn't think about it was when my friend got there, we still had to go through this moving water. Yeah. And it's like deep and fast and like some serious, like, <laughs> like just like some serious country shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I'm nervous to walk across this. You know what I mean? So my cousin doesn't no problem. I get like halfway through and my, my foot like, cause it's like hard rock at the bottom and my foot like slips and I get stuck and I'm like getting drilled with water. And, I, and if I make one wrong move, like I'm going floating. So I'm like nervous. All right. So I can't believe I'm listening. So like <laughs> my cousin like helps get me out. The guy like helps get me to the other side. So I had my, but my clothes were soaked. So like I had to ride like we had like a two and a half hour drive home. I'm sitting there in only my underwear, pissed. Don't have my car. Nicotine buzz from hell. So you had to leave your car there. Yeah, for like three days until it went down. Dude called me when it went down, and like I had to go out there and get it. But straight flash flooded. I got a client's house two hour, two and a half hours away. That's one. This other one, man, I can't even say on the air. It, it, it's just, it was so crazy, dog. We're going to have to talk about that tonight. We're going to have to talk about that tonight. I'm excited for that one, dude. I'm over here it, like dog. about to die. I feel myself. Yeah. I'm on eight yawns. Yeah. Um, <laughs> your second year in the business. So your first year, what'd you make? In seven months, I made 107000 Let's go, dude. Yeah. That's nuts. Now, what about your second year? Second year was 143 and it, but what did that look like for you though? Like, what did that year look like? Your second year in the business, so that would have been two thousand nineteen. Yeah, same, just right in business, but mostly away. Were you a top? I spent like six months in um, Airbnbs. Okay, were you a top or, ten agent that year? I was eleven again. Are you kidding mm -hmm. me? No, or wait, it was either nine or eleven. Damn, I think it. No, it was 11. Yeah. Cause top 10 go on stage. I remember as Amber Fitzmartin beat me by like a couple hundred ALP for number 10 now. Now I remember about it. Damn. So I was like kind of salty. But I wonder if I was a top 10 in 2019. Yeah, good one. You was number two. No, that was 2018. I was number two. What was you in 19? I was number one essay. But yeah. I don't know if I was. I think I I, I still wrote 100,000. Yeah, so you I don't, did. You I did don't your know. thing. Yeah, and it's, um, but see, 2019 too, I didn't work all February because I had convinced my teachers to let me skip class mm -hmm. in January and March mm -hmm. if they would let me do all my work in February. So yeah. I didn't go in the field one time. So you had in more February. Than a month I finished or... negative yeah. for the month in February because yeah. I had one chargeback and I didn't go out and field one time. So was there, was there anything that stood out in 2019? Any stories? Any Anything that stood out to you? I, Good, bad, Just ugly. the sacrifice for real. Like that was what I'm saying. I spent six months and 
hotels and Airbnbs like completely away from home mm -hmm. that year. So you learn a lot like when you're guaranteed no income, you're hours away by yourself driving everywhere. Yeah. Like you learn how to run your biz and like how to take it serious and like how to evaluate profits and stuff. You know, like yeah. you're investing three to four thousand dollars in these Airbnbs and hotels a month before you even make a cent. Yeah. Not including all your travel. So like you just learn how to like really like you play with your back against the wall in a way. Yeah. You know, so that was that was like what would stick out to me. 2019 was like a big year of just like learning how to run a business in a way. Yeah. 2018, I was just out selling. Yeah. 2019 was more sales and learning how to, you know, run a biz. And then 2020 was um it was a good business year, bro, but just adversity filled, you know, like yeah. like for real. You know, um 2020, you know, is a year I'm I'm not forgetting about, but like you know, I'm, I've just moved on from business-wise. You know, I didn't have the best year in business, but it wasn't really due, like, and I'm not making excuses. It was, I just had a lot going on. Yeah. A well, lot. Do you want to share that? I can, yeah. yeah. So um, what what do you want to share out of 2020? Well, you know. Because uh, I know everything. So yeah, I don't know. So, you share what you want to share. I mean, I'll share it all. You know, it ain't. Yeah, um, you I'm share here now, you and I know, I, you know, I know a lot of people probably never even really know what happened with my yeah. dad. Um, so, um, basically in 2020, I, I took a jump. I worked out of our Huntington, West Virginia office, 18 and 19. At the end of 2019, me and Simon had kind of came together and like agreed that it would just be best for my growth to get in a bigger market, develop my own culture, stuff like that. Yeah. So we talked about potential locations. He's like, dude, I've wanted to get Memphis forever. Yeah. Let's do it. So we made the plan. Um, Simon pretty much let me handle it, 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 it all as far as like going and finding the real estate. Like I learned a lot in this process. Yeah, you did. I remember you, you know, did it all yourself. He, he was like, you know, he gave me the monthly budget. And yeah. from there, it was like, you know, pretty much like go pick what you want, figure it out. Yeah. So, you know, like me and Charles Coleman yeah. went to Memphis toward 10 different office locations. Um, Is he still with us? No, but he's 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 killing it. He's in the real estate stuff. Okay. He's gonna put us on to some game. Good. He's out, he's about to move out to Cali for six months. Let's go with the dog and like you know like get real game. So let's go. Charles doing great. That's my boy. Love him to death. But um, you know we had came down. We had to figure out like how to negotiate office contracts, like how to yeah. set up damn copy machines, like you know just yeah. like all this yeah. administrative stuff. I never ever imagined doing was the really the hard parts of like getting an office up and running. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And then. You know, not to mention I'm 10 hours away from home in the South, you yeah. know, different culture, different uh, clients, yep. you know, so those all had its challenges in itself. So like, you know, March, um, April and May, we were building, you know, just building a, f a base was what our goal was. We wanted yeah. to build a really strong, strong base and then scale. Yep. Well, in the middle of that, you know, in June, um, you know, it was Father's Day weekend, um, was, was you know, coming up. And, you know, like I was spoken earlier, me and my dad had, you know, as close of a father-son relationship as you can get, you know. Yeah. And uh, basically, we had made plans that he, you know, because I hadn't seen him since I moved to Memphis in March. You know, mm -hmm. I, hadn't, I hadn't seen him. He helped, him and my brother-in-law and my nephew helped me move down. Yeah. And when I hugged him by the U-Haul, that was the last time I saw him. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was in... March. Yeah. So this was going to be the last, the next time I had seen him. I wasn't able to make it home any during those three months because, you know, you know yeah. what it takes to build an office. I yep. mean, it's, you know, 85 hours, yeah. 90 hours a week, every week. So yeah. um, we had, 
you know, plans for my dad to come visit for Father's Day weekend. And uh, we had reservations to eat at a place called Houston's. Not sure if you ever ate there. So, you know, suppose I haven't ate there yet. Going to go on his birthday on the 12th. But um, what month is the, what month is his birthday? This month on the 12th. This coming 12th. up. Yeah. So okay. we're going to go there next week. I'm going to put it so, in my calendar. I'm going to take a shoot you a text. My man. But uh, so we have Father's Day plans for him to come down for the weekend. We was going to, you know, go eat. I was going to show him the city, bring him to the office to get to feel the culture and stuff. And uh, he was supposed to arrive, you know, around like 530 at my place, 536. So like, yep. I left the office early that day. Um, we, you know, wanted to make sure that the place was, you know, nice and clean for him. Um, and it, I, you know, it got to be about six o'clock, six fifteen, and I just hadn't heard from him in yeah. a couple hours, you know. And uh, my dad was a real young-minded person. Like yeah. he's, he, he wasn't like this old-fashioned cat that didn't know how to use an iPhone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very hip to stuff. And yeah. that's why all my friends gravitate toward him because he was like that cool dad girl. Yeah. But he also held our asses accountable. Yeah. Like my dad, like you can ask all my friends, like my dad called us out on our bullshit, held us accountable, would get us, you know, would, would discipline us, not physically. He didn't need yeah. to. You know, he's super smart. Yeah. He'd make you feel like shit for doing something wrong and then build you up. Like he knew yeah. how to parent the right way, you know? So he was the type, if he was ever going to be late, he let me know. Yeah. And it got to be like 6.15. Man, my instincts just started, uh, my instincts just started telling me man something's wrong so um you know i called him no answer texting him not even getting read so i'm just like you know fuck it i'm about to you know just drive to where i knew he was coming from yeah you know and at this point it's probably about 6 30 so i <clears throat> hop in the car and i just start flying towards nashville because yeah. i knew he's coming from my heart so you know and i'm calling different friends of mine from memphis that i've met seeing that they've heard anything about a wreck this yeah. and that nobody's you know saying that they had uh so i get about 45 minutes into the drive and still nothing you know and i'm like i said i'm flying bro i'm 120 up through there you know just flying past everybody and i really didn't want to involve my family at this point because yeah. i didn't want to cause a scare yeah you know because like my dad is and was the staple of our family like yeah 100 percent mentally emotionally all that anybody who needs advice shit money whatever they're gonna come to my dad yeah you know what i'm saying so friends too yeah know? yeah and um so i was trying to avoid bringing my family into it just because i knew it would cause it was just stirred up so but then it got to a point where i was like man you know this is real like something's up you yeah know? and at this point i'm just praying something happened to where like he don't have his phone or something like that. Yeah. I'm hoping maybe he just got in like a small accident is filling out like a police report, not answering me or something like that. You know what I mean? Yep. So um, I call my dad's girlfriend, Nancy, and, you know, I'm like, hey, can you try dad's Apple Watch for me and yeah. send me the location? She's like, yeah, is everything all right? I'm like, yeah, I just want to see where he's at. Yeah. You know? So she sends me it, but when she sends it, it shows that there's a wreck there, like yeah. on the map. So like at that point, you know, I'm like, shit. And like I said, bro, I just can't even explain this, like, feeling is in me. You know what I'm saying? Because it's yeah. like, at this point, I'm really just feeling off, you know? And I'm an I'm an instinctual person anyways. Yeah. So you got to be in business. You know, yeah. it's all it's all that. So, like, I'm, my instincts are just through the roof at this point. I'm like, dude, just something's up, something's up. Praying, praying, praying. And uh, so I get about two hours from Memphis towards Nashville. Nashville's about 2.30 away. And uh, traffic's backed up deep. But I'm like, I'm not waiting in this traffic. Yeah. So I just literally, bro, go in the middle, like in the median. 
And mm-hmm. I, was, I, I was driving like half road, half grass at first. And then this semi saw that I was like trying to get around. I think he thought that I was like just being impatient and like pulled over and cut me off. So I just like pull in the middle of the grass, but I'm just driving like through the, like, you know, you on the highway and you see that thick grass in the middle. I'm yeah. like just driving through there for like two miles. And I, uh, I get up to the scene, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I get out of the car and there's like three or four cops waiting on me there. Cause I'd been texting my dad, like, Hey, I'm on my way. You know, I love you. I hope you're all right. You know, type of stuff. And, um, you know, they had his phone, but yeah. he had a passcode and they couldn't unlock it and reply to me. So like, they knew I was coming. So like, they were there waiting on me and, you know, uh, you know, I just, I didn't really even have to ask what happened because like, bro, the, the scene was like nuts, mm-hmm. you know, like just, um, man, um, it looked like a bomb went off, yeah. you know? Um, just shrapnel everywhere, smoke, cars, furniture. Yeah. The, the semi was carrying furniture. Yeah. Um, just like, like I said, I mean, it's, it, 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 just imagine like you threw like two grenades or something and, yeah. and it just went, it's just like, looks like just total semis laying all the way across the road. It's like a total, just huge mess. And my dad's car is like, disintegrated damn near you know it's like the size of a backpack yeah and not really a backpack but like a like a desk you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah, just yeah. disintegrated and um you know they told me and you know i, I remember I, I really blacked out and you know my ears just started ringing and you know i just went into like this you know state of shock i guess you'd say and i, I was trying to process things and like I was terrified to call my family, bro. Yeah. Terrified. That was the hardest part for a lot of it, man. And I didn't even do it for real. Like, my dad's girl is a saint, bro. I, Nancy. Yeah. Like, I called her. You know, I called her and I, I told her and I just told her I can't call grandma, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I couldn't. And, like, I hated putting that pressure on anybody else, but it was just like, bro, I was so shook up and, like, didn't know how to really do it. So like, you know, I'm sitting there just like looking around, like I said, I mean, it's literally just like everything's just spinning. And like my dad's my best friend, bro, my everything. Yeah. Like someone who I literally like, anybody who really knows me knows how deep it was, you know, like way deeper than, and I'm not like trying to hate on anybody else's father-son relationship, this and that, but like I'm telling you, there there may be people out there that's tied, but there is no father-son relationship that's close to me and my pops. It yeah. just can't happen. You can maybe tie it, <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? But you just ain't, like, it's, you know, so there's just all this stuff going through my head and, you know, I'm blacked out and I'm just pissed, sad, frustrated. Like, how did this even happen? Because it looks insane. Yeah. Like, it, they, like, I'm sitting there looking and I'm like, dude, how does this even happen? Type of thing. Yeah. And, um... You know, so the cops start talking to me. They're like, you know, we need you to come to the hospital to do the pronunciation and all that. Because, my, you know, my dad had been removed from the scene, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he passed away on impact. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because the, you know, the, the truck was going so fast that, you know, like, it, you know, just way out of pocket. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had to drive follow the cops like 30 minutes up, you know, and I'm all alone. And I, cause I didn't want to take, you know, my girl at the time with me. Cause like I was trying to save her from yeah. the, 
mental side of what I was about to go through. You know, I didn't want nobody else to go through that with me. I knew something was fucked up. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I knew immediately. Like I was just trying to pray for the best. Like I knew something was really wrong. I didn't want to put nobody else through that. Yeah. So, you know, I'm following these cops alone. I turned my phone off because like I just didn't want anybody calling and texting me because like there was so much traffic. People were putting it on Facebook Live and shit, like foul shit. Yeah. You know, like recording the wreck and stuff. Yeah. And so like it got shared all over Facebook. People back home ended up seeing it. You know, my phone started blowing, so I turned it off. So I go to the hospital. I do the pronunciation, which was you know not something I wanted to do. And then, you know, the highway was shut down because the semi was stuck on it. You know, yeah. it was laying across. The semi had came, you know, was in the right lane of another far right highway and came all the way across the median, going significantly too fast, doing the wrong things. Yeah. And, you know, hit my dad head on and, um, you know, so it was, it was, it was laying across the road. So I couldn't like take the highway back. And after I drove that 30 minutes, I'm already two hours and 45 minutes away and from home. So I had to take the back way, bro. The back way made it like a six hour drive, five and a half, six hour drive that I had to make after doing all that alone, bro. And like mind is everywhere. Can't talk to nobody. Cause like, I can't even talk myself, bro. Yeah. Like I can't even like I remember like I literally I was trying to. I felt like I felt like I had just like the weight of the literally the weight of the world in my chest. I can't even breathe hardly. Yeah. And you know, so I, I finally make it home, you know, and I was just in total shock and disbelief and just hurt, you know. Yeah. And uh just wondering like how I'm gonna do it for real in a way. Because like I I've always been able to handle my shit, but like I said, like anytime I needed someone to vent to advice, like anything, like how to handle this or whatever he was that staple for me yeah you know so um you know then like the funeral and just like what was that first week like terrible leading up to the funeral like do you think you slept at all i mean yeah i did in a way because i was so exhausted yeah you know get points where i'd have to and and like it was just hard, bro, because you got to make so many decisions quick. You know, like I, I handled all the funeral arrangements. I handled all, you know, um, the the just everything, you know. Yeah. And not by that my family wouldn't help, but like that's just me. Yeah. I didn't want nobody else to do it but me. Because yeah. I know that's how he would have wanted it. Yeah. Because, you know what I mean? It just is the way it is. So, you know, I handled all that. Um, and then. What was driving like? after to, i mean you know hard bro you know you just think about a lot of stuff and like i still you know it's like something you know when my dad died bro i just like i i always had a really big fear growing up like my biggest fear my entire life always was i was always really scared for my dad to see me in a fucked up situation yeah whether that be hurt physically mentally in trouble you know, like if I'm yeah. in trouble or something like that was always my biggest thing. I never wanted to disappoint him and scare him. And like, so, you know, after he passed, I kind of like almost in a way lost that fear. Yeah. Like not like, that's why I don't really talk to a lot of people about it because they always think it like, oh, you're depressed. Like, no, I'm not. You know, like I have depressed times. I get yeah. sad as fuck all the time. I yeah. get it out, but like, I'm not depressed because that's like the, my dad made it be known like, hey, if I'm not here, it's your time to go, like like yeah. to go shine. And like he left it for me in all kinds of notes. Like my dad left a lot of stuff behind for me, like sentimental stuff to make sure that I know how we rock and like, you know, how yeah. he wanted me to keep moving yeah. if he wasn't here no more. 
it's almost like in a way, bro, it's kind of weird because it was almost like he knew he was going to die young because of how much stuff he prepared for me for when he wasn't here anymore. Stuff I can't really talk about. Yeah. But like there's a lot that he made sure to, to for me to understand how how things like that went. So like, um, you know, and then, you know, just when someone dies, you know, it makes a lot of family stuff go on. You know, this and that, people coming at me from all different re- directions outside of my family, like, you know, people want uh, people wanting stuff, you know, or just like people just talking. Yeah. Death makes people act weird and out of pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Do it makes them do things that reflect real character. Yeah. That, so when adversity strikes, it's when you really see what people are about and stuff. And like I found that out heavy. Yeah. Like who real family was and who real family wasn't. That friends, uh everything. Yeah. Who I am. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like that really, that really made me like understand. So life yeah, what, at a did, different what did that look like growing out of? You, you, that's not still something you grow it, out of. That's still something in it, bro. you like. Still, you're cry gonna always, every damn yeah. day in the shower. <laughs> yeah, and nobody knows that. You know, yeah. that's my first time telling anybody that. You know, it's yeah. like I have ways that I get my emotions out. Yeah, but like also, just keeping it real. I'm not a, about to sit around and be a little bitch about it all the time. Like yeah. that's not what my dad wanted. Like. You know, he prepared me to be able to handle adverse situations. That's the worst thing I could really imagine for me. But like, like, you know, I, I was I was taught by him how to handle those kind of things. And um, you know, just this, and even with just with months after that, with having to, you know, do, deal with certain legal matters, with having to deal with certain people, make certain decisions, keep my business running. Yeah. Like that's, you know, we forgot about that. You know what I'm saying? Like all this is going on and like, I'm still trying to run a full-time business, trying to take care of my family and friends, trying to like take care of really not, really not worried about taking care of myself, bro. Yeah. Myself was really like the last one. Yeah. You know? And I'm like masking all these emotions like day in, day out, pushing through it, you know? Um, so that, that was, and and it's still difficult, bro. Like I think about my dad, 35 times a day, bro. Yeah. 40 times. You know, still, it's like there's nothing that's ever going to push that out. And I don't no. want it to. Yeah. Because it pushes me, bro. Yeah. Truly. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just have my 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 vision for what I had to do has grown so much from that. And here's the thing. Not that I wish it would have took that. Dude, I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, but, like, you have to deal with the situation you dealt. You got to play the hand you're dealt. And, like, you know, I just know what my dad would want from me as far as moving forward and, you know, letting letting what he did for me and just everything motivate me to 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 be a great dad to be a provider for not just me not just my intermediate family but like everybody around me you know yeah so like that's just kind of it just opened up a scale of things um but just like that like dude just the trauma with that like i you know just you, you deal with stuff you know like i have mental images flashbacks like all the time yeah all the time like like ptsd what like helps real, you the most through that God, What's helped you the really? most? Your faith? Straight up, just my faith. Yeah. And, and just getting it out and like giving it to something bigger. Aggression as far as like getting my aggression, mind, body, spirit, bro. Yeah, you've put on like 40 pounds probably. Like, like you know, reading. Like good weight. Muscle. Yeah, like, like reading, like really educating myself on how to handle adverse situations, like how to stay calm, how to not What's just react. What's the best book that's helped you? Bro, really like just all around everything can't yeah. hurt me by David Goggins. Like yeah. I, I don't think there is a better book, really, because yeah. like I just love the aspect of it. But just like um 
you know, there's, there's another one I read. I can't remember the author right now. It's called You'll Get Through This. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, 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 work, I'm reading a couple other ones right now. Have you now. read A Man's Search for Meaning? No. By Victor Frankl, you should read it. Give me up. So, but yeah, just like things like that. Like my, I'm really engulfing myself in mind, body, spirit. Like, you know, like training my mind to be tough. Yeah. And to understand others and to have empathy. Um, taking care of my body, making sure I'm not drinking a shit ton, smoking yeah. a shit ton, eat, you know, just like, cause that ain't going to do no that good. That takes then, a lot of strength too, to like go yeah. through what you go and not to numb the pain. And I'll be pain. honest with you, bro, for a, about a month and a half, I did. Yeah. Like, you know, from like, like June and July after that happened, dog, I was just you know, drinking whiskey damn near every night, you yeah. know, smoking and, and just like trying to mask that. And yeah. like, I even have a picture. I'll send it to you later. Like, I, you know, I, I had someone take a picture of me on like July 6th, dog. And I'm like skin and bones. Yeah. And like, I remember I saw a picture. I'm like, dude, I look not myself. And yeah. I got to change because this is what he, exactly what he didn't want me to do. Yeah. So that's where I made my mind up. Like, I'm going to motivate myself yeah. with this. And nobody can fuck with that motivation. Yeah. Nobody. It's so inwardly intrinsic. Like, yeah, I have an extrinsic motivation heavily. Yeah. Several people. I don't care if this is healthy or not. I don't really care. I know what's healthy for me. I yeah. have a lot of people I want to prove wrong. A lot. Yeah. Like, run through their fucking face just being honest with you yeah like you know but also that's not the only motivation i have i feel yeah. like if that's the only motivation you have you're going to be a you're going to burn you yeah. know what i'm saying you have to be intrinsically motivated which i have a lot of i think yeah. a balance of both can make you lethal you know yeah so like you know that's where a lot of my intrinsic motivation comes from and just like um you know like at this point dude that's like my sole purpose i want to honor him and i want to change a lot of people's lives like he did because like i mean his you know even just at his funeral like Bro, people from all walks, everybody, and like everybody had the same thing to say. Yeah. Like your dad took care of himself. Like everybody, bro, my dad looked like he was like 35, 40, you know what I mean? Yeah. He was 50. Never missed day of the gym, really took care of himself, looked good, never made a fool of himself, was in control of his emotions, was gentle, yeah. never raised his voice. You know, so like the little things like that, like real ball stuff. Like, you know what I mean? I like can't get him out of himself. Yeah. That's like, you know, that 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 was who he was. So um, yeah, dude. I mean, that was really like that. That's what hit 2020 for me to get back to the main. Yeah. Like 2020 was just a grind cause that. But like now 2021, we built a lot of momentum. We got a lot of good pieces in place. So we're really looking forward to like killing this next year. Yeah. Like really, really like taking it next level. We've got a lot of good things in place. A lot of so good best people. memory from this year, from 2021. <sighs> I mean, I ain't gonna lie, dog. I went some, through some adversity this year too. Hell yeah. A good bit. Hell yeah. You know. Yeah. You want to like, share it too or no? Nah, because yeah. I don't want to even get that time of day. You know what I'm that's saying? That's what I was like, thinking too. I was like, it's chalked up. Yeah. But, I was like, let's not even highlight yeah, that. Yeah. Nah, but I'm just saying it ain't been Hell peaches yeah. and cream. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? But also, like, you when, so when you lose someone, like, I lost my dad, you find out, like, what's really a big deal. Yeah. Was that adversity? Yeah. But, bro, at the end of the day, it's not. Yeah. Really, if we're talking real adversity. Yeah. So, like, yeah, bro, that's, I'm out with that. Is, so, there, is there a good memory, though, for this year? Something you can hold on to and be Watching like, my people grow. Good. Watching Van yeah. Bibber turn into an, a beast. Mm-hmm. Watching TJ, you know, Christian, Chris, yeah. Osiris, yeah. like Tristan, Brandon, yeah. Summer, like all, all of our people, Bradley, like all of our people, like that's the most rewarding to me. And then also just like being able to help my family and shit out. Yeah. Like those are good memories. Like, you know, I, I, I used to not be able like, I mean, I never had another career or anything. So like, yeah. you know, just being able to like do stuff for my people around me and like put people in positions, like, you know, that's like my favorite memory. Um, you know, there, yeah, there's been, there's been good memories, but I'll tell you this too, bro. Like, when like 2020 and then like the first part of 2021, I'm in straight survival mode. 
So it's like, I'm taking each day for what it is and then just kind of wiping it out yeah. and moving. Like, yeah. not, like I'm trying, like not in a bad way, but I really haven't been reflecting the past year and a half because I've been in survival mode. Yeah. When you're in that time, you focus on each day, attack it for each day for what it is. If you got time to reflect, you do, but like, I'm, I'm out of it now. Yeah. Like I'm hitting my groove right now. Yeah. I'm as yeah, mentally, in, I'm in mentally as a good a place as I've ever been. Yeah. Because I feel tougher. I feel able to handle situations better. Um, yeah, nothing with, can hurt you now, dude. I mean, real shit. That's just, you know, I'm sure there is. It, it can hurt me for sure, but it, you know what I mean? Like, you would just I don't learn, know what, dude. You, Death. You, huh? you know what I mean? Like, I don't know nah, what. Not for sure. Like, well, I mean, but just through, like, bro. you know, but that, like I said, you, people been through way worse too. That's why yeah. I don't think about it that way. Yeah, I've had a lot of different things, but like, you know, there's people out there who would have killed it for those to be their least problems. Yeah. So that is also a big thing too. Like, I'm not about to just sit around yeah. and whine, bro. Like there's people in my intermediate circle and just like, even just like, you know, like friends, like I got friends that are struggling, you know, yeah. with certain demons Yeah. that motivates me a lot because yeah. I'm trying to be a life for them and, and just little things like that. Yeah. So it's, it's really a combination of a lot, you know? So as, as we bring it home, what are your top three favorite books? Like I said, Can't, Can't Hurt, Hurt Me. me. I really like No Excuses by Brian Tracy. I've read it like three times now. Yeah. I mean, but keeping it real, bro, I read the Bible every day. So like, yeah. I feel like yeah, you you know, that's what I read yeah. the most. Yeah. So I would put that number one because that's what gives me like my- Any verses bro, just, you like, hold on to? Cast all anxiety on you know me because I care for you. That's something I relay in my head every day. Cause yeah. dude, I got anxiety. Like yeah. dude, like, you know, I feel like, I mean, you know this, like, you know, like when I'm doing business things, I'm really out of my comfort zone a lot. Yeah. I'm like, I like to talk. I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm not a introvert, but also there's a lot of things that business requires me to do that makes me uncomfortable that give me anxiety. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, you know, like I've con like the term anxiety, I don't even really know what it is, but like, I feel anxiousness all the time about like making decisions and stuff like that. Yeah. So like, I relay that verse in my head all day. You know, yeah. Isaiah 41, 10, fear not for I'm with you. That's a solid one. You know, yeah. like you just, you, you feel like you got that just on your shoulder. Yeah. So those are two, you know, but um, yeah, I would feel fake if I didn't say that because I read the Bible every morning and every night. And yeah. I, you know, so, and like I said, I'm not a religion head. Like I'm not trying to push religion. It's just what works for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Do you have a favorite, um, let me hear, movie first. I'm going to go into something else. I love movies, so I always ask everybody if they got a favorite I mean, movie. Comedy is Step Brothers, dog. I still, oh, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. comedy wise, dog, I just got, we, me and my friends watch that all the time. Yeah, you definitely have bunk beds with your friends. More room for activities. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that comedy wise. I think one of my favorite scenes is Welcome to the Jungle, um, where they're singing it in the car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna call him that. Like, yeah. Even if there's a fire. Yeah, dude. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, other movies. I really like the Godfather trilogy. A yeah. Lot. So that's Simon's like, favorite movie. Um, honestly, I'm not a. It's hard because I'm not a big movie guy. I, yeah. I'm like the type. I fall asleep like ten minutes in. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So because you know, so and, I, and just the attention too. Like it's got to be a movie I really want to watch to sit. Yeah. Back or to sit down and watch something for two hours. Now, what about music? Are you Young Dolph favorite? <laughs> you know that's my favorite. I know that's why. Yeah. But yeah, dude. I mean, I'm. But even same with music. Like I don't listen to a whole lot of music because music puts me in. What like, are you talking about? Your Spotify wrapped up. Said you had two hundred thousand minutes of 
Young Dolph this year. That's because it was every minute I was working out, and I work out every single day. Two hundred thousand minutes is eight hours a day. Eight hours a day. That's not true. <laughs> just You're just winging some numbers. I didn't have two hundred thousand minutes. You're making that shit up. Hilarious. But I mean, music's the same way. Like, I'm I not, didn't realize how like well-rounded Dolph was until you told me about business man. Bro. How like invested yeah. he was in his community. I was sick when you know. Yeah, I was sick about that. Yeah, like, I like listen to music that like has like. Like me entrepreneurial, and, yeah. like like I like you know that kind of stuff. So like, but that's also what I'm saying. Like just music wise, like I thought you like Lil Xan the most. <laughs> God, shut up. Your bro. friends need to know that yeah. they make it this far. They yeah. need to know that. Well, music wise, I only listen to when I lift. Really, I don't really listen to music outside of that. Yeah, you do. When? I know you do. It's, it just yeah. sounds. I good. mean, I do in the car. Exactly. Sometime. People sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, like no, nah, no, nah, but not a lot. You can even ask my friends. Like when I would be training in the field back in like eighteen, nineteen, my trainees would ask me like all the time, like, like, bro, do you ever turn anything on the radio? Yeah. Because we'd be making these like That's three hour Rob drives, He'd and I'm be, just doing it dead quiet, yes. like looking at the mountains. Uh, I'd always have books on, and then Rob would be like, "Can we put Juice World on?" I was like, "We're not putting fucking Juice World on, dude." <laughs> R.I.P. But right? listen, so. I just, you know, like when I work out, that's when I really listen to my music because truly like music to me puts me in like modes and I don't really like m much more types of music. So like it really gets me on edge. That's why I like it when I lift because like I exert that energy. Yeah. But if I listen to it all the time, I'm like unapproachable. Did you have music this morning? I'm like it, in the weight room. Yeah. You uh, know I did. You, you should have put something more, maybe more edgy on for you because yeah. it didn't seem like you were on edge. He's this dude hits arms every day of the week. False. I've been looking at your shirt. I'm like, all right, bet. He's hitting arms. Statement. He'll come up here, hit legs maybe. That's a I'm false like, all statement. Right, let's go up with this workout. He's like, my legs are bigger than yours. What are you like? I'm like, uh, I'm going to hit shoulders today. And you're like, all right, I'm going to hit arms. <laughs> I wanted to just I like, do upper body more than lower body, if that's what you yeah, want me to you say. Have to tell us, I mean, I don't, no. Upside down triangle. I got the, <laughs> I got the basketball player legs. <laughs> That's hilarious, bro. That's a. And speaking of that, as we uh, before we wrap up, do you have a favorite athlete? Who do you look up to the most? Man, LeBron James. I mean, being from Ohio, like obviously he's one of my favorite athletes. But like, I'll just I ain't gonna lie. There's also a lot of stuff that he does that frustrates me. Yeah. Um, but I'm still a fan. Like being from Ohio, I'm yeah. real to him. But like he does a lot of stuff that just like when I watch, I'm just like yeah. not even just playing wide, just like certain things. I ain't even gonna get into it. Yeah. But, um Mine's Michael Jordan, bro. I don't know how you can after watching the last dance that is, I mean yeah. he he's up there. I'm just trying to think of someone right now, like like maybe like, Danica like, Patrick. Game for you? wise, like I like Clay Thompson and Devin Booker a lot. Just because yeah. I like watching their games, but Clay's not really that nice. Yeah, right. It's hard not to. Dog, John I'm Morant. To, John Morant. Like, I'm trying to get floor seats. I should get you come up here. The Grizzlies. I told you yeah, the John Grizzlies Morant, versus the Bulls, he's, bro. He's the man in Memphis for real. Like, I mean, yeah, he's got he's got it going on. And he's young and he's tough. So, yeah, that's definitely. He's like a, a, a maybe like an Allen Iverson type. Yeah, like me. You know, yeah, okay. I'd be, I, you know, we got on the court. I'd hit a step over on you, crazy dog. Like in your you eye. You shoot with both hands. Like you follow through with both hands. That's it's a like lie. which, That's which, like which hand capital. are you? We're about to go smash this Capitol Grill. That's what we're about to do. Is What's there that? anything else you wanted to get out? How, Ask how far away. Are we? Like, what do you? You got any other questions? I think I pulled a lot out of you. I think I pulled a lot out of you. How? Uh, hour, 20. hour twenty. Hour and twenty. Hour and a half in. Hour and a half in. 
if you got anything else, ask away. If not, I think we got a lot, a lot out of you. I'm trying to think if there's anything else on my mind that I want to get out. Maybe a little bit of the future vision. Yes. Yeah, Let's so, wrap up with your future vision. People should be able to pull success tips out of your stories and out of your life and overcoming adversity. Yeah. So that pretty much explains itself. Books, all of that. Like you're talking business wise? Just your vision just for life. Vision. Your so life like, vision. Where you want to be. What do you want to drive? Where do you want to live? What's the family look like? I really like being honest, where I want to live, like where I really want to settle down at, like when I've got all my family straight and like I know that everything's taken care of. I want to live in Phoenix because I'm a big golfer. And like me and my boys. You're not any good. Okay. All right. I'm going to have to ask about that. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) I can't say shit. I can't Uh, say shit. I went out there last December and like fell in love with the city. Yeah. It's clean. It's dry heat. The golf course. The church I go to out there. I'll connect you if you ever go out there. Um, The pastor is actually the pastor for the sons. Mm. Yeah. Like he goes. That'd be a good connection. Give me, yeah. So if I could live, like, if you're asking anywhere, Phoenix, but like vision business wise, um, you know, this upcoming year, 2022, like our vision as a team is to do 1.5 million. Yeah. Like, what about 10 years from now, 20 years from now? Like, truthfully, and this is where I, you know, some will say this is the wrong way to think. I personally feel like it's the right way for me. I don't, 30 and 20 year goals to me, I don't really have a money value material value yeah or even family thing yeah because i want to do the absolute best in any situation and be ready for any opportunity yeah you know what i'm saying like i have shorter term and like 10 so year goals gonna be your big vehicles is it this in real estate dog like, i want a i want a rose obviously that's yeah. like my life like you know when i get that like I'm in that's, business vehicles but car vehicles too oh i thought you was talking i want I meant, yeah like, without putting a, a value yeah, on it so like, so like what are insurance, you gonna so the insurance game obviously yeah. i'm trying to like yeah. You know, like I I'm trying to get my residual. I mean, that's the reason I'm in the game is for the passive income. Yeah. So I can retire off of that at a certain point, yeah. allocate that finance towards many other things, have all the time I want to spend with my family and friends. Like yeah. that's my goal. So the insurance game, obviously trying to blow that up, dabbling in real estate right now. Yeah. I'm gonna continue to do that. Um, invest, like doing that now, I'm gonna continue to do that. And then truthfully, outside of those three. I'd be lying if I said that I have like a definite plan for another business idea. I have a lot of good ideas, but I like, I always say be ready for whatever. Like I always tell my team that yeah. like, that's always been like my, my saying, like be ready for whatever, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like whatever comes my way, I want to be inner inward in the best position possible. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be where I need to be mind, body, spirit wise. So when that opportunity comes, cause for all I know, like in our industry wrote, like, I mean, just keeping it real, like we could probably quit what we're doing now and take our resumes of what we've done here sales wise and go get really other good positions. You know what I'm saying? Not yeah. that we ever would. I'm just saying like, if you can do what we do at a high level, you can do anything really. Yeah. It doesn't have to do with like being a doctor and saving someone's life. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Absolutely. But like, you know, who's to say 15, 20 years from now that a fortune 500 company doesn't take notice as to what someone like in our position or someone has done and, and, and get a big CEO position or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I just want to be ready for whatever. I want to yeah. be in my best position. The three vehicles, as far as the insurance game, the real estate, and then the investments, those are my main three that I'm hitting on. Yeah. But I'm going to be ready for anything that comes my What's way. What's your favorite That's, investment? 
my boy Cody Stapleton. Let's go. <laughs> I don't even ask a lot of questions. Okay, yeah, so he's shout more, out my boy Cody. He's I'll, market. He's not like crypto and you know, he's a legit like series. He's got like the highest. Yeah, like, and he's a young cat. Yeah, and how I met him, we had classes together at Shawnee. Yeah, and he, I cheated off. Of him Let's go <laughs> on every macro yeah. microeconomics dog. I would have never got through that. Had, now, Shawnee not is a school. Shawnee State University. And wasn't your friend's name Sean? Sean Elliott. Sean Elliott. But yeah. you called him Shawnee too, really. Nah, we called him Boogie, Sean Boogie. Okay. That was his nickname. But so like, you know, I met Cody at Shawnee. He handles like all of my stuff. So shout out him if anybody yeah. hears this, needs yes. investing advice, whatever, yeah. go to him. Um, you know, I'm not going to act like an expert on that. Yeah. That's, but like, Thank you know, you. in business, bro, instead of trying to become an expert at everything, it's better just to pay people a little bit to handle it and, and stay in your strike zone. Absolutely. So he handles all that. Um, but my favorite, um, I mean, like he's got it diversified, so I can't really. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah I can't yeah. really like put it, but yeah, just, in, just, just. But the thing that like you know, like starting early was key with that, like because yeah. I started investing like second month in the business. Yep. You know, what I mean, like I didn't just start like last year, so like we're looking at almost four years worth of returns, and you know, when you give someone your finances for four years, and you know that if you stay consistent with it, you really. If you make a lot of money, you can do a lot with it. But even people that don't make that much money, you know, if you're making thirty to sixty grand a year, I don't think that you can do that. You know, you just got to yeah. be more disciplined with budgeting your money and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, and then just investing in my people, like that's my favorite investment right now. Yeah. Because, like I said, like you know, we got a really good group of young talent that we've been investing a ton of time and money into, and energy and love and everything. So, like, yeah. that's my favorite investment. To answer your question, yeah. Seeing the people grow. Um, you know, even just like someone like Kyle, you know what I mean? Like, like Kyle Van Biver, like yep. that, that's my like ace, you know, Kyle was working at Penn stations making subs Yeah. when he first started with me. Yeah. That's how we got to talking is cause when at, at my college, we were, we always went to like Penn station pregame and stuff, you guys which probably up. wasn't the best help or meal, yeah. but like he would be like making our sandwiches and like he just DM me on Instagram and we linked up but on like Instagram. if you would have told me tw 10 years ago that Kyle Van Biver was going to be my right hand man in business. Like, yeah. Like <laughs> Sam Marzula. Yeah, because Kyle went to my high school. He's four years younger than me. We oh, just okay. didn't really know each other like yeah. that. But it just like... Did you guys match on Tinder? Oh, my God. We ain't like you and Rob. <laughs> All right. But so, you know, Kyle's like, you know, that's like, you know, like, if I had to say like my favorite investment is really just like seeing the people grow and grow and grow because like this upcoming year is like the type of year to win it, like just clicks, it can like really be something special. Yeah. So like that's what we're trying to work towards and we're going to be adding talent. Yeah. You know, so if you, you know, shit, just to throw it out here, if you're young or old or in the middle, if you got energy and don't want to work a nine to five and want to be given the tools to be successful, make six figures, holler at us. Yeah. Simple yeah. as that. Well, specifically, they can find you. Where can they find you? Like if they want that physical opportunity down in Memphis. Yeah, just the easiest would be like Instagram at Connor Markins. You at just Connor Markins. DM me or whatever, but, or my people, like yep. if you know, but like, um, you know, that's the vision, just max out. Max out those three things, yep. see where I go from there. And I know because I'm not one of those person, like, because the way I look at it, if I just set like a definite goal 15, 20 years from now, yeah. and at that point it's not something I want to do or yeah, something yeah. like that, like, yeah. or, or or even thinking too small. Yeah. Like, that's why I, like, I think the way that I think the biggest is just by to attack each day and do the best I can. And then I yep. live with the results from there. It's yeah. a different way of thinking. Some people like it different. I like it. I like you it. You know, some people like to have definite, like, I have certain things, yeah. but I'm not like, 20, 30 years, I'm not dead set on anything. I want to yes. be the best I possibly can. 10 yes. years and five years, I do have yeah. certain things. But 20 and 30, it's like, bro, like imagine where Simon's going to be. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Simon's 36. That's what I'm saying. Like he's so bossed up already. Like literally who's to say what he's going to be doing at 55. Yeah. I feel, I mean, I'm sure he has goals and like, I would never speak. Like he, he's got 4,000 million trillion times more game than I do. But I'm just yeah. saying like, even if he puts something on paper like 30 years, like he may be able to triple that. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like if he just wakes up every day and does the exact best he can, like that's my that's my view Same. of like just staying ready. You I know was I mean? never really good with the commits and goals because I always just was going to go out and do the most, as exactly. many reps as possible. That's why, I'm, and that's how I like think truly is the better way of thinking it. Like I do the affirmations and everything, but in my mind, I'm like. Same. I do too. I'm going to give this motherfucker everything. Everything, you know, and it takes everything. Absolutely. You know, so Absolutely. like that's 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 kind of the vision, you know, just Well, is there anything else you want to shout out? We're about to head to dinner. Fourteen minutes. I appreciate you having me on, dude. I it's my first time not first time like ever yeah. in Chicago, but first time like, you know, linking up with people, getting to, you know, enjoy. Um about to go get it by D, but I just appreciate you having me out here, man. Appreciate you, dude. You're my guy, you're my guy. I have been since appreciate day one. You, so bro. crazy like- ass. This is like man, one of you my got favorite some, you ones, You got bro. some dirt out of me on here, man. You Absolutely, me, bro. You asked me some juicy shit. Crazy, dude. I didn't even tell him about the ayahuasca you did with Sam. That's a lie. Oh, my <laughs> bad. <laughs> That's a lie. Mom, grandma, if you listen, you ain't hear that. Yeah, he, yeah, he didn't do that. Grandma's everything. Oh, grandma man. hit me up at Tristan. No, I'm just, yeah. like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right, all love. We'll see yeah. you guys on the next episode of Adversity Kings. Let's get yes, it. Yes, sir. Hit up A-Dog. He needs a girlfriend down here in DePaul. Ha, ha, ha.